Hey, Changemaker. So today we are going to dive deep into one of the most ancient wounds of humanity. But before I introduce my guest today, I just want to say that it is such a pleasure making this podcast for you. We don't receive any funding or sponsorship to produce this podcast, um, and I will gladly continue to produce it. Um, but I just want to ask you for a little help, not for funding, but a few very easy things that you can do right now um, that would be so tremendously helpful. So if you enjoy this podcast, I'd like to invite you to do three things. The first thing, hit subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. That way you will always see new episodes when you open the app and you won't miss, miss any. Um, alternatively, you can go to girlsglobe.org and subscribe to our emails and you will receive not only new episodes of this podcast, but other amazing stories, uh, podcasts, and content from our global community from around the world. The second thing I'd like to invite you to do is to share this podcast with your friends, your colleagues, your social networks. This word of mouth approach really does magic um, to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. And we really, really, I really sincerely appreciate your support to do so. The third thing is that I'd like to invite you to nominate a changemaker that you admire. Perhaps you know someone you'd like to listen to or hear more about. Um, so go to girlsglobe.org changemaker and nominate them today. These nominations help us reach people that we aren't aware of. So feel free to nominate more than one person. I'm really curious about who inspires you and the stories that they have to share. Thank you so much. Okay, Changemaker, so on to today's episode. My guest today is Cynthia Bricks, the co-founder of Gender Equity and Reconciliation International. She is an ordained interfaith minister with a background in women's issues and racial diversity. She has co-organized seven international conferences on interspirituality and two on women's spiritual leadership across diverse religious and indigenous traditions. Cynthia holds an honorary doctorate from the California Institute of Integral Studies and an MA in Wellness and Gerontology, and she's certified in Groff Breathwork. Cynthia is the co-author of a few different books, one of which we talk a bit about today, called Gender Equity and Reconciliation, 30 Years of Healing the Most Ancient Wound in the Human Family. The Gender Equity and Reconciliation International, or Jerry. The Jerry process uh, was inspired by the principles of truth and reconciliation developed by Archbishop Desmond Tutu in South Africa. It is a process that has been developed and used for over three decades for thousands of people across six continents. The process aims to create safe forums to empower the unraveling of gender and sexual conditioning and initiate a whole new culture of gender relations and community. 
the actor and author of Man Enough, Justin Baldoni, says that gender equity is the one certain step to heal humanity and that this book and the Jerry program illuminate a path to do just that. As I've been reading this book, I'm amazed by the deeply personal and spiritual process that the Jerry process is, um, yet it is done through deep connection with people of all genders. It is my pleasure to invite you to listen along to my conversation with Cynthia Bricks as she shares her stories um, and helps us understand more about how we can heal the ancient wound of gender inequity. Cynthia, thank you so much for joining me today on the Hey Changemaker podcast. It is a pleasure connecting with you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. I usually start by asking um, the people who join this podcast to share a story of when they knew, or I'll ask you then, <laughs> to, if you can share a story of when you knew that you wanted to be a change maker, someone who contributes to positive change in the world. Is there, was there a certain, um, you know, time in your life or something specific that that sparked something within you? Uh, from birth, I think, that it started then. And I, I imagine that's true of many people that you kind of just know, right? So when I was a little girl, I grew up in the 60s in the United States. And during the time of the Reverend Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s and, uh, you know, whole life and well, not whole life, but a significant part of his life. And uh, and during the freedom movement, which is also known as the civil rights movement, but it really was a freedom movement of, of changing the system or starting to change the system. Um, and so that was kind of the arena that I grew up in. My, my parents were activists. They were out having us uh, as kids, we were out marching against the Vietnam War that was happening and um, doing race relations. When I was about nine years old, I volunteered to be bused across the, um, the city where I lived to um, voluntarily integrate the school. So I was bused from the white area of town into the black area of town. And that was a really powerful experience for me, one of my best childhood memories, I'd say. So I was mm -hmm. always in the in the mix. And I knew it from an early time in my childhood that this is what, you know, what was most important in life. I remember as a child, and when I'd come up across those the fountains in the public square, and you'd take your coin and you'd throw it in to make a wish, I would be holding that coin in my hand and I'd be thinking, I want a baby doll or I want a new toy or something. I just wanted that. And just as I threw it in, I'd have to, I knew I had to wish for world peace. So a big oh. wish for a little girl, but that was it, you know? Yeah. So my, I would say throughout my life, that was, um, you know, it's just part of me. It's part of me to want change, to have a better world, to to know that we as humans can really live into our highest 
reality, our highest consciousness to get to that point of truly living in harmony and uh, and being in in a place of of peace and not and I guess in this world, I don't know if we'll ever have absolute peace, but to aspire to that and know that we come into places where we can show up together and and have a place where we, you know, we in that aspiration, in that longing, in that knowing that that's our true nature to be in harmony with one another, that we can achieve that. And um, so there's been different markers along my life, which I'm sure we'll get into, and I'll share more about my life as we go through that have formed and shaped me into the change maker that I am. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it really does sound like you had a strong sort of sense of that interconnectedness that we all have and and um, that really has sparked the work that you've done as well and, and shaped, you know. Um, and you recently re-released um, a book together with several authors um, called Gender Equity and Reconciliation, 30 Years of Healing the Most Ancient Wound in the Human Family. In the foreword, Mofu Tutu Van Firth writes a few things about the patriarchy that I would love to just explore further with you. Um, she writes, uh, patriarchy has penetrated the sacred dimensions of our lives, leeching the joyful certainty of dignity and mutual respect from people of all genders and every race. And further in the next um, paragraph, she continues, it is our dysfunctional gender relationships that form the foundation of all other disordered power relationships. Our drive to exert power over one another and our wanton disregard of the other inhabitants of our planet can be traced to the injury inflicted by patriarchy. And Later on in the book, the sort of the disorder and um, of patriarchy and how it has affected, you know, people of all genders, everyone <laughs> is described in more detail. Um, can you perhaps share a few examples from your experience working with gender equity and reconciliation, how patriarchal disorder can manifest in our individual lives? Well, in so many ways, we often say in our work that, um, unfortunately, the issues around gender injustice and gender-based violence goes from the bedroom to the boardroom. So it crosses all spectrums for people who identify across the gender spectrum, and the intersectionalities are there as well, you know, because I, as a white woman, um, have my experience, and it may be similar to yours, or it may be similar to black and brown women, um, or people of all gender identities, or religions, or ages, or whatever. So we enter in at a certain point, but then ultimately, based on culture, and race, and age, and ability, all these things come in to um, factor into how we you know, experience the world and how we um, maybe have trauma or um, on the other side, how we have joy in our life and how that comes. So some examples of that are um, in my own life, for example, uh, I entered this 
particular work 23 years ago, my partner um, and the co the the founder, the original founder of the work, William Keepen, uh, started this work 30 years ago. And it started in the environmental community here in the States. I guess I'm backing up. So I'm telling you a few mm -hmm. foundational stories. I'll share mm -hmm. this story and then I'll I'll share my own story of how I came into the work. Um, because that both these stories kind of exemplify some of the problems and the challenges that um, can range from things that happen in our families, things that happen out on the streets, just walking the streets, and how we can encounter the patriarch and uh, the systems of oppression, um, things that happen in the workplace, our schools, universities, our schools, how uh, things happen in the business place. Those are just some of the examples. So um, this work started in uh, the environmental community where the the people working there were out to, you know, save the world and uh, do what's right in the environment um, 30 years ago. And what was happening was the uh, older men were hitting on the younger women, sexually harassing them. And the younger women were leaving the workplace um, just fed up. They couldn't deal with it anymore. So a group of people, including Will, came together and said, no, we need to address this. So they created a forum, a workshop, if you will, to come together and address some of the issues that were happening right there in their own community. Well, what happened was they got together and the stories started coming out. The truth started coming out. And those stories were so big. The power of the stories were so big that the, the little workshop form that they had created was too small. It wasn't strong enough to hold the power of everything that was coming forward. And so it was kind of a mess, that very first event or workshop. And uh, several of the environmentalists said, uh, we have a world to save. Let's put this lid back on Pandora's box and let's get back out there and do our work. And mm -hmm. others of them, including Will, said, no, we need to address this because this is at root cause of what's happening in the world um, and in all forms of how we live our life. And so they continued to develop the program and and strengthen the the workshop form with um, elements of creating as much safety as possible to come in and and speak truth um, without harm and without more um, violence. I guess even with um, you know speaking our truth can be violent action at times if it does harm mm. others. So over time, they started getting, they did more of the workshops and over time they got invited by um, therapists and clergy and nonprofit organizers, universities, and the work has just expanded and grown almost organically into now what we are, a whole training organization, just from, if you think about it, just from the work done and people starting to speak truth to their experience in that small community that was experiencing mm. it. And so then I 
I'll just um, share my story. When I came into the work, first of all, my mother came to the work five years before I did. It was about um, uh, probably about 27 years ago. And um, when she came home, she, she was a psychologist um, and she came home and she said to my brother and my sister-in-law and me, I want to gift you by sending you to this workshop. And for everything I messed up in your life, this work will heal you. <laughs> she's a really cool mom I gotta say and mm -hmm. to know that and to say okay I've messed up in my life and I want you to be a better person you know so um I went it took me five years to get there different things kept happening but I trusted you know the timing was right and I went and I had a fabulous experience very powerful experience of transformation of healing within myself and then one month after that, I was working in a health and wellness firm in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, in the States. And I had studied, I had just graduated like six months before, and I had been studying about this one man who's world-renowned in the health and wellness field. And um, I was going to get to work with him in this new job that I had taken, and I was going to get to travel with him. And he was the chairman of the board. He was the founder of this corporation in health and wellness. And he was 30 years my senior. And hmm. he sexually propositioned me over a, a business dinner. He said, Cynthia, I've enjoyed getting to know you. Now it's time hmm. to take our relationship to a deeper, more intimate sexual level. I said no, and he didn't hear my no. Mm. He he kept pushing um, more and more throughout that evening, and also throughout the next the week, and when I was at work, and I was a single mother of two children. You know, I needed this job, and I was feeling really pushed against the wall. Basically, I mean, almost mm. literally, to say either you go to bed with me or you lose your job. And I'll say a lot of people um, face those things in the workplace, women significantly, but also men and people of all gender identities and expressions face these harassments in the workplace. And so I was at a place in my life that I could bring it forward. And I decided to do that. And I did it with as much compassion as I could, um, really wanting this wellness firm that was out trying to do good things, I was really wanting the change to come within the organization. Well, they weren't going to have it. They um, brought me down with, you know, as soon as I brought it out, they were like attacking me. My, They called me in like a few days after I brought the complaint and brought me in for a, a evaluation and performance review about my job for example. So anyway, things kept happening. I got pushed out of that job very quickly. They hired six attorneys to bring me down. And when I was pushed out of that job, I did not trust men. I didn't want to be around men. I didn't like men. I didn't know how to be in my body as, as a woman. And so, and but I also didn't trust the women and it was primarily in that job, as far as I know, no one was out in any other way. It was women and men. Um, but I didn't trust the women because 
they betrayed me too. They wouldn't talk to me. They didn't want to be around me because they had to, to keep their jobs. And there is at the core of the, the system, the patriarchal system that wants everyone to stay in place, do your job, don't speak truth. If we all spoke Oh, truth, the whole thing would crumble down. You know, if we really said what was going on, um, Mm -hmm. then the whole system of patriarchy and the system that keeps everything in place would crumble. And what would come out of that? New growth, new ways of being. There would be tremendous transformation about how we operate and how we are with one another. So anyway, just to complete my story, um, I left that job. I was pushed out of the job and I had a lot of healing to do. I was in therapy several times a week. It was really for me, in my words, a real spiritual uh, transformation as well. It made me look at what do I really want in my life? And it landed me. um, I had done the workshop before and I I called uh, Will and the others up and I said, I, you know, this is happening in my life. And I, I wondered if there was a position. So I started out with our organization 23 years ago as a as a coordinator, office administrator, and, and grew into my own healing. And it really transformed my anger and that healing component. Um, and, you know, really transformed my anger into deeper understanding, my the sense of betrayal into more compassion for what's going on, and really into a place of despair um, into life purpose. And that's how I came into the work. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and as you said, there are so many people that are experiencing similar similar th- things in their lives. And one thing which is quite interesting with the work that is uh, described in this book is really how sort of the the hidden hidden truths that are sort of you know all of this trauma that is hidden if we don't share that um you know it just holds up this whole system um and at the same time um many people who sort of go through this trauma or you know um when you start to recognize the oppression and the healing that's necessary um you know safe spaces are are needed and many of these safe spaces that are created are separatist in nature so they you know they're women's groups or men's groups trans groups um black women's groups you know etc and which is is necessary in many ways and um but I know that Jerry, I mean, the, the workshops that this process uh, uses really uh, invites all genders and, and all people. And so how does this method work to create s- spaces that are safe um, with mixed genders when the patriarchy can manifest so powerfully in individuals and create a strong divide between people. Um, how has how have you been able to do that? Um, because as you said, you know, the first workshop didn't work out. Um, can you just share a little bit more about, about how that is possible when people are coming from such different places um, into a workshop like that? Yes, absolutely. So creating a safe space is what's most important. And and I want to just acknowledge the two stories I shared were about sexual harassment in the workplace. Uh, That just happened to be what happened in both those situations. And people 
come with whatever is true for them. And as I mentioned before, that can be in all kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. um, relationship, just one-on-one -on -one intimate partnerships, you know, family issues, all of this comes forward in, in the workshop um, because we create as safe a space as possible through community agreements, through invocation. Um, and and um, so we have a list of community agreements that we all work to, um, to live by. One is confidentiality. One is creating a safe space and healing environment. One is speaking your truth um, and knowing that sometimes when we speak our truth, it might not align with anyone else, but it's still our truth. And to honor that and honor your own process in it, and also not to universalize. So to, um, you know, often people will say one group of people does this, you know, all women do this, all men do that, or all you know, gay people do this, or all trans people do that, or all brown people or white people or black people. So we get into a mindset of universalizing. Well, that starts breaking the, our, our communication down right yeah. away, because not all people do that. A few people might, or one person might. Um, men in particular get a, get kind of a broad sweep a universe, you know, men are awful, men are this, men are that. Well, it's not true. The majority of men don't do violent crimes. The majority of men aren't out abusing women or, you know, down on LGBT people or whatever. It's a few that do it. And they actually, oftentimes it's the same offenders. So the system does that too, where they might slap the hand and then the, the offender is back out on the streets doing the same thing again. So a lot of our work is creating a safe place through getting to know each other. We It's very experiential. None of us as facilitators claim to be experts in gender and sexuality. Um, we all are on our own journey. At the same time, it's a very skillful process. So our work is one that we have learned a process that works well. And we learn to sit in the alchemical fire, if you will, the alchemical fire of truth, of being able to sit there and really listen to someone bearing their heart, their soul of the truth of what their experience is. And, um, and then by listening to the depth of these stories, which we dive deeply into, we don't, don't waver, you know, um, we, we really go through this as it's community healing. So we go through it as a community listening. Then in that process, we start hearing um, similarities of stories, even of things that are happening out in the public realm that we're all going through at some level. And through the process of that deep listening and deep witnessing of one another, then we um, can let go. We don't wallow in our pain. It's not a thing about staying there, but to really be able to listen to each other and speak truth to it, to break the chains that have bound, kept us bound. Because like I said before, 
the institution of patriarchy, which is in all these different places, doesn't want the truth to come out because they want us to keep working. They want us to keep being the way we are. They want the system. Who is they? You know, it's uh, it's a it, it's people, but it's also a system that's been put in place that keeps us locked mm-hmm. in this. So um, the twin powers of truth and love, if you will, will set us free. And that's the basis of our work. And so we dive deeply into this um, truth telling. And after a time, we come out of that place knowing that we've started the healing work of thousands of years of the patriarchal system that's been so oppressive. We've started, but we can't stay in that place of pain and suffering of just sharing our stories around trauma and and injustice. We can't stay there forever, but we come out of that and um, we honor each other. We um, acknowledge each other and, and thank each other for showing up and speaking truth. And that's an essential element of our work. Um, oftentimes truth is told, but there isn't a place to just stop and pause and be able to share and say, I honor you for your truth. I thank you for sharing it because by you sharing your truth, it helps me to share my truth. And by you sharing your truth, I've been healed as you are healed. And there's a transformation that happens within the whole community. So in, we have three program areas. One is called Me Too to We Together. And that is um, in the binary form which there's a lot of work to do in the binary. So or it's primarily for people who identify cisgender um, uh, women and men, but it's open to everyone. But we do break into, separate into women and men's groups. And so in that honoring ceremony, the men create a ceremony to honor the women and the women create a ceremony to honor the men. And not only the men and women in that group, but the masculine and feminine. And then, um, so that's how the completion of the program is. We also have an LGBTQ plus um, program. And so the same process of creating safety, going deeply into the stories, and then coming out and honoring each other for everything that was shared. And that is a much more fluid kind of program. Um, The honoring still happens. They may separate into groups, but it isn't specifically around any identities um, in particular. And then we have a BIPOC program, Black Indigenous People of Color program. And as you said, you hear about all these different programs and, you know, that are separate. There is a necessity for that because one thing in in the BIPOC group is not having white people there is very important to be able to speak the truth in as much safety as possible and not to have the white gaze upon um, the black and brown people in that group. And so um, that and and this it's similar with honoring um, after sharing the deep truths of their experiences. So, you know, the idea of coming together fully, 
together as a human species and doing the deep work. Absolutely, that is what we're aspiring to. And we do that at times. And within that, we want to be able to create as much safety as possible. So the separation is also important at the same time. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing and going into such detail. I think it's incredibly inspiring to hear about, you know, the the process of of coming to that trust where you can actually share your truth, um, because that I think for many is difficult to even fathom or like to even see that they would be able to come there. So I think just that is is definitely, you know, one of those biggest steps for healing. Um, and you also speak about, you know, the the many patriarchal institutions and as as you've described, you know, um, sexual harassment in within companies and so on. And this method and these workshops have been held in many, uh, introduced across the world, but also in many different sectors. So both the private sector, the United Nations, religious institutions, which all of them have had scandals of uh, really uh, horrible uh, things that have been taking place within these um, different institutions. So how has the Jerry method been received in spaces that are traditionally very patriarchal. It's been received amazingly well. And um, and we've done work in, uh, well, we have a whole Christian um, Jerry program where we're working primarily with evangelical Christians, but across the board, we've worked with in Buddhist communities. Um, we've worked in Muslim communities. And so it works very well. Um, I will say that uh, a lot of what's happened in uh, religion and faith communities um, around the the sexual scandals, if if you will, and around just the patriarchal system, um, religion was absorbed. It, it absorbed the structural oppression and injustice of patriarchy from societies yeah. in which they emerged. Mm. So. Um, you know, the patriarch, patriarchy and gender discrimination predates all religions. And, and so we, we wonder sometimes, I think, many of us, where did this all begin? And why are religions like this? Um, and there have been uh, a lot of scandals and continue to be some uncoverings of this. But um, it's, it's an institution that is like I say, absorbed what's happening in society. And so it works very well. The, the challenge, again, just like in political systems, is having a doorway to come in to um, offer the work. And when that happens, it's, it's transformative. But again, institutions, including the churches or the mosques or the sanctuaries, the temples, don't necessarily want to invite that in. Yeah, no. <laughs> because um, it's, do they really want that change? And it's messy for a while, mm -hmm. you know. It, it, it's really important. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said that Injustice and corruption will never be transformed by keeping them hidden. 
but only by bringing them out into the light and confronting them with the power of love. So the the principles of all the faith traditions, all the spiritual communities, the principles that they live by is at core here for how we transform. If, if all of us lived by the golden rule in Christianity, for example, we would be in a very different place. Um, and and in, in many ways, when we go into um, and are invited into any, any place we go, but in particular in faith communities, um, we can draw on those principles of their core truth in those religions. It's the wisdom teachings that we can draw upon and those really work beautifully because that's what, what is the transformative medicine in those traditions and all the other things start masking that. So um, I was trying to think if there's a particular story that I could share. Um, well, one is working, we've worked with uh, nuns and priests in India. And um, in that, in, in the uh, honoring ceremony, there were many stories that came out in, in those communities. And, um, and it's hard in those communities because many of the people are in leadership positions. Yeah. And so to kind of be transparent about what's going on for you is not an easy ask, you know. Uh, people have to really drop the veils of what their protective guard is and come from a really open and heartfelt place. In the um, in the end, honoring ceremony is quite beautiful because the there were all these different skits that were um, created, and w- one of them was the changing of the church. So the the women were being um, ordained as the highest priests um, or priestess to come in and be able to marry people. And then at one point, uh, one group of of participants came in parading in and they had a woman pope. Uh, And so just those little changes, even to envision what's possible is is a, a change, right? If we don't take the time to vision the possibility of what is possible, we will never get there. So we have to have the imaginal realm to move into places of knowing we can make the change and it is possible. Thank you so much for sharing that example because uh, yeah, in the book there are there are many and I think that uh, as I was reflecting, you know, in my own life, a lot of a lot of the things that affect me and because of this, you know, thousands, these thousands of years of, of patriarchy that have, has affected, um, you know, my me and my family and, you know, generations in my community, um, it, it can be very subtle and it can be something that isn't perhaps a traumatic event, but it's something that's shaping and nagging and, you know, telling me to be a people pleaser or, you know, all of these different things that create, uh, you know, imposter syndrome when speaking in certain spaces. So all of these things can be quite subtle um, sometimes and 
and really going in, down into to that truth and seeing sort of all of the different examples of how how um, it can affect you. Um, it's it's important. And one thing that is written in the book is that um, Western societies are far from. Um, from uh, gender equal, although many times, you know, it's, uh, they are, yeah, let me just open and <laughs> see exactly what, what was written. Uh, Western societies are far from gender balanced, and the pretense that they are is one of the obstacles to making further headway. And for me, coming from Sweden, which is one of you know, the world's most gender equal societies, um, I found this was incredibly important um, because I, I, I would be curious to hear from you how you think that we can find a balance in, in uh, speaking truth about the injustice that still exists and the change that needs to be made and still celebrating the wins that, that we see and, and being able to lead and, and, um, yeah, that that balance, how how that can be be possible. Well, I just go back to sharing our truth. Um, and that's at core, sharing our story. Um, you know, in our in our work, we aren't going for exactly equal balance necessarily. Um, it's not so much about equal rights. It's, it is that, and it's about, but it's not the, at core. It's not the only thing like equal pay. Yeah. That's important, you know, to have those balances happen. It's, but at core, it's at, around a deeper understanding of our experiences, what we're going through, it's about um, deeper respect for one another. It's and it's about a higher reverence for one another to really see the divinity of one another. Um, to hold each other not as an other, even one thing that um, you know as a one thing I think for us any of us is that we're so individualized, at least in the West. Yeah. Um, but to recognize that it's not, we're not groups of people. We're, we're one in so many ways. So how can I meet you and not in a non-judgmental place and, and a not projecting my ideas upon who you are, mm. but to just, approach one another to learn about who we are mm. and to know that we come from a place of of wanting to the curiosity to come into a place of deeper understanding there's a story um from one of our workshops that exemplifies that there's many stories but one is uh this a woman and man paired up for some of the activities we were doing, and they got to know each other in um, just in deep friendship. They were in in over a few days, um, really, and they were from different cultures, so they were learning about each other in so many different ways that way. Um, and then we had a circle uh, where we had 
four or five chairs in the center, empty chairs in the outer circle that everyone was sitting in. And people could move in and out of these chairs to share what was on their heart. And the topic was around sexuality. It was around uh, LGBTQ um, to, to sensitize us, to bring awareness to the issues within those communities, even though people identified in all different ways in this group. So this woman who had been in the pair of friends uh, stepped in and she shared that she was in same-sex relationships and, and she was just sharing how important that was in her life. Um, and the man stepped in and sat across from her and he kind of was shaking his head and he said, if I had known that two days ago when we first met, I would have never spoken to you. Mm. He said, but now, because I know you I can, and I have become your friend, I cannot not speak to you. You know, that's the bridging mm. across mm. that happens just by showing up and 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 listening to each other and witnessing each other and getting rid of all our barriers or as many of our barriers as we can to just come from a heartfelt place and learn about each other. Yeah. It's amazing because I think when I think about it, and I would love the experience to be a part of one of these workshops one day, but uh, when I think about it, I think that there is just so much, you know, prejudice and hate and fear, perhaps m foremost fear of, of, um, of judgment, fear of, you know, many different things when going into different spaces. So it's, it's, great to hear how you know the storytelling and the the truth telling comes first um, so that these things can melt away yeah I think that there's so much that we can learn as sort of feminist activists and advocates that we can learn from this um, in in creating a more equal and just world for for everyone and that transformation that we all need within. In gender equity and reconciliation, there are several principles where spirituality is one of them. And I would love to dive into each of these principles in more detail, but I will hopefully have the opportunity to speak more with you another time. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for sharing this, you know, the details of this process, how it came to be for you and the stories that you've so openly shared. Um, I appreciate you and I thank you so much um, for, for joining me on the Hey Changemaker podcast today. Thank you, Julia. It's a pleasure to be here. And if I may, I welcome you to come to a workshop. And for your listeners out there, we are having a, a program in Austria in June. Let me look at the dates here. It's June uh, 15th through 18th. And so it'd be a pleasure to have any of your listeners come and you yourself. Uh, so we can talk further. You can go to our website, uh, which I'm sure you'll list for people. And um, it's grworld.org. And yeah, come share your story and be in the joy of, of transforming and healing um, because we need it. We need it. There's no time like the present. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. Yeah, I will share the details of how to find you and, and how to find sort of more about this, this work and, of course, this book. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that this conversation was eye-opening um, and shared a new perspective with you to go deeper into healing your own wounds, um, wounds that we all have. This conversation could have gone on for much longer, and we did speak a little bit more after we stopped recording. I feel like there is so much to explore in terms of identity, purpose, and existence as it relates to gender and the patriarchy. If you're interested in attending a Jerry workshop, they have several coming up, so you can go to genderreconciliationinternational.org to find out more and register to attend. They also have a few free online one-hour introduction programs that can help you understand a bit more about the process and connect to facilitators. You can find all the links and more to connect with Cynthia's work and Gender Equity and Reconciliation International in the show notes and at girlsglobe.org slash changemaker. Sending you so much peace, love, and healing. See you next week, Changemaker. <laughs>